Salutations! And welcome to the 58th episode of the In The House podcast, the official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Evan Floyd. Of Evan Floyd. Floyd. (laughs) That would be great. We like you, we're just not your official supporters group. I should get my own official supporters group. That would really make me feel better. Isn't your your official supporters group? God, you'd think so. Barely. But no, the official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. Uh, I am ecstatic to be here tonight, and I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, we, full disclosure, I had originally intended for us to have a player on tonight, yeah. and uh, I had arranged for us to have a player at some point this week. Yeah. And then when I mentioned to player uh, operations specialist Andrew Delalo that I needed a player for Tuesday night, he was like, "Well." We'll be in Cincinnati, so that'll be really difficult. We and should have drove to Cincinnati tonight to do it. We should have, and then just tailgated for 24 hours. <laughs> but uh, so no player, and so we needed a, a, a truly like upper division, higher echelon guests to fill that void, yeah. and I think we've got one. We absolutely do. But no, before we introduce, no before we introduce that uh, that special guest, I first want to introduce. The only person that I would trust to uh, to host with me and to handle a guest of this magnitude, and that's my partner, who tonight is coming to you live from a lumberjacking contest in Joshua Tree, <laughs> Andy Frederick. Andy, how are you doing tonight, buddy? We're fine. Um, I'm getting a lot of dirty looks, because okay. there aren't a lot of trees in Joshua Tree, which you think... It's why I came out here, right? Like, there aren't a lot of trees. And you came out there to cut down trees. And it's mostly cactus, and I'm doing a lot of that. I have never seen lumber cactusing. It's not. Or cactus jacking. It is it is now. Yeah, it's totally it's cactus, cactus jacking. jacking. <laughs> but you're, uh, you're, uh, you're doing all right in general? Oh, yeah. All right, well, then let's bring on a guest. Let's do it. Okay, so our guest tonight is one of Scouse's House's favorite sons. He is also well known amongst the uh, the Loose City populace, mostly for his distinctive game day attire. But uh, tonight, our guest is the Scarf Man himself, yeah. Cody Ruth. Cody, welcome on, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm, I appreciate it. So we just assume that you're not wearing pants under all those scarves. The thing is, you could get away with it if you wanted to. Uh, it's about 50-50. If it's hot enough, I give up. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I like that. That's fair. Like that. So you have a you were kind enough in one of my first acts as an employee of the team I had to be reaching out to folks uh, to try to come and do that commercial the commercial shoot at the beginning of the season and you were gracious enough to show up for that and since then you have become one of the faces of the club you're in a lot of promotional material man that was so much fun too rightfully so rightfully so yeah we appreciated you taking the day off and gearing up on that day which was useful it turned out to be, it was actually a kind of a hot day for early in the year, and uh, I thought that Cody was going to sweat his scarves off. How do you not? I mean, we play, we played in 90 degrees. How do you not die? How well, do you not pass out from it? Well, the ones around my waist, I mean, it's like wearing a, a heavy kilt. You just kind of keep moving and keep airflow. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one... Moving. And then, yeah, if you sit there and watch me, I sway back and forth while I'm watching the game. Uh, yeah. And then the ones, healthy breeze. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the ones on my back, they actually don't touch me, so it's more like a shade structure. It works out. Okay. I just have to take the ones on my neck off at halftime, breathe a little bit. Right, yeah. Re- recycle what goes on the outside and what goes on the inside. Ring it out, and, you know. 
I like that. I like it. But, Cody, we're glad you're here, partially because you're a great fan and a great Scouts House member. Also, ambassador, is that correct? Scouts House ambassador. Oh, yeah. uh, and so uh, we're, we're thrilled you're here tonight because, man, it's a huge week to talk Jeez, about. man. And uh, I, uh, I'm going to forego the coin toss for now. You will get to toss the coin. But before we talk about... Uh, our most recent home effort or our next game out in New York, I want to talk Dirty River Derby because, and I don't, I don't want to have that be like, I don't want to have it be part of the. It's a home game. It's the next game. It's the last game. This is just it's a game we thing. need to talk about. It's own thing, yeah. So today is Tuesday. We're recording on Tuesday night. We'll hopefully get this bad boy out on Wednesday, so that everybody has something fun to listen to en route to Cincinnati tomorrow yeah. night. Uh, Dirty River Derby. What? Let's start here, Andy. What is your number one Cincinnati versus Louisville memory? <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of a shitty one. Uh, when we beat them five nothing, and we weren't well, there. We were, well, we were in Las Vegas on my bachelor party. One of a handful of home games that uh, between us we've missed in the yeah. five-year history. And we weren't at the 5 nil shellacking. It didn't even really hit us until really like a week before we left. And it was like, oh, it's a Cincinnati game. And I don't want to miss this game. After nothing. <laughs> An absolute annihilation. Uh, Cody, you got a favorite memory? Actually, it's the same game. I did happen to make it. Mm. But it, it was just so wild. Like, they, they had honestly been well-equipped to be our rivals. A lot of back and forth. We went there. They went here. You know. It was just a mess. And then to come home and, I mean, by the fifth goal, I was confused. It's like, what team am I even watching? <laughs> right. And um, the getting on Twitter afterwards for about two weeks was just glorious because Cincinnati <laughs> fans couldn't say anything. It's one of the best things about the rivalry is watching the back and forth on Twitter. I'm a lurker on Twitter for the most part, but even I keep up with it, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I failed to mention we are tonight out at Saints Pizza Pub for the Woo! second week in a row. We came out to Saints uh, last week to watch the Jamaica game against the United States. And tonight we're here after uh, a United States women's national team match. And we'll get to that also tonight. But uh, talking about Cincinnati, the bottom line is they are an MLS team. They should, in theory, be the more talented team. Now... They are in disarray, like absolute disarray as an organization. This is a team that has only won three out of 14 games this oh year. They're not, they're not strong at the moment. Uh, they're struggling to score goals. And honestly, though, they haven't struggled giving up goals except in one or two notable exception games. I mean, a couple of five-goal games in the last month. Those two are the notable exception games. Uh, but honestly, other than that, they had been playing marginally decent defense, just really struggling to score goals, yeah. averaging under a goal a game, which no matter where you're at, that is that is not good offense. Any names that we are going to recognize? Well, I'll be interested to see what kind of lineup they run out there. I'm expecting their as much of their A-plus lineup as they can give us. They can't really afford to take the U.S. Open Cup lightly, and they can't afford to take us lightly, knowing us and being a rival. So I'm expecting as much of their A lineup as possible. But their A lineup is uh, not particularly formidable. Uh, you'll recognize Fernando Adi, who, is, uh, who came over last year as their MLS player. 
and he has not lived up to striking expectations. He was expected to be a goal-scoring force, which he had been earlier in his career. But uh, he's a bit of a veteran, I think you could call him now. And he is, uh, you got an age on Adi. I'm feeling like he's somewhere in the 31, 32 range, which for a soccer player is is it's getting, getting, getting to it. It's getting there. Well, and for him, where physicality and speed was so much of a, uh, was so much of an aspect of his game, as soon as that starts to fade at all, it becomes really difficult uh, on a striker in particular. And they haven't really had much service. Uh, they were expecting uh, Emmanuel Ledesma, who uh, was their superstar, last yeah. year's league MVP, to come in and uh, be able to contribute at the same level at the uh, MLS level, or to not be needed. And instead, he has both been needed and not that great. Uh, so he has struggled at this level. You'll remember that name. Uh, there are some names that haven't been starting or getting much playing time that you'll remember also in Spencer Ritchie yeah. as their goalkeeper, who yeah. is now their starter. And uh, Forrest Lasso is, a, is an easy name to remember. Corbin Bone and Jimmy McLaughlin being the two main other holdovers from that last squad. Uh, Al Badawi was up with the team, but he just got loaned out back to the USL. And so what we're talking about here is uh, not a super strong team. They don't have an identity, which is part of their problem. It's, yeah. uh, it's hard to say, well, this is what we do well. Let's focus on this. They're not doing anything particularly well right now. Uh, I think this is going to be a competitive game. I think that you're going to see a lot of fun in this game. What kind game. of game do they usually like to play? Like, where are they going? For? They don't know. Well, that's exactly know. the point I'm saying is that they sort of lack that identity. All right. Is that uh, there's not a... Oh, well, yeah, maybe you're going to outscore us, but we're going to score three, and you've got to try to score four. Yeah. It's not that. And it's not, well, we're going to try to shut you out, and if you happen to get one, then congratulations. It's not that either. They just show up and play soccer and hope that it's going to work out, and so far it hasn't been working out. They've had a change in coaches this season. They've had a change in... Uh, they've had a change in their front office this season. It's been a bit of a mess. Yeah, the coach was... Fired yes, the, he was. Yeah. Alan Coach, who it was, or Koch, it was Koch the coach. Koch, Coach, Koch. Uh, he was uh, expected. It was a surprise that they hired him on as the MLS coach last year. Yeah. But they were having such a nice regular season, regular season. Yeah. Uh, in the USL, that uh, he sort of got the benefit of the doubt nod to be their MLS coach. It became clear very early into the season that he was not prepared for that. That he was not ready to be that. Okay. And so they have now gone to an assistant coach as their interim, and they are still searching for their full-time manager. I heard Cody is applying for the gig. Is that accurate? I mean, I figure I can't do any worse. That's true. That's very true. I, I like that attitude. Uh, but I'm expecting it to be a competitive game. One thing is, we'll, uh, we because of the Gold Cup and because Abdu is, uh, is still injured, we don't, we're not very tied in terms of who we can play and who we can't. Mm -hmm. Normally, an open cup match, you are really searching for a way to only have five internationals in your 18. We shouldn't have much of an issue with that. Uh, it looks pretty much like we're going to be able to run out our first choice team of guys who are available. Uh, the, question, the question marks are Pat McMahon, whether or not he'll be healthy. And uh, the other question mark is uh, whether or not Brian will be able to go to the full 90. If he's yeah. fit enough to do that now. He has yet to do that since his return. and uh, But you can expect that after he had a week off from a red card, 
and now that he's had three to four weeks of being what should be fully fit, that his uh, fitness is leveled up to run in a full nine. Pretty much assume he's going to start. You would think he's American and he's Brian freaking Ownby. So you imagine he gets the he gets the start for the club. Uh, I think you'll see a lineup that is pretty predictable. Though the question mark to me is. Uh, Pat McMahon on the right if he's healthy, or do you see Taylor Pay get to play in that position again? Cody, what do you think? Well, honestly, um, Brian Ownby, I'm, I'm sure that he's a match fit. If it wasn't for the red card, he was still full of fire and verve right as he got sent off. And of course, he'd only been on for like four minutes. Yeah. He hadn't been on long when he got sent off. Uh, but uh, I absolutely believe that you know he's going to start and he's going to carry through, and I expect a lot of really good things for him. And um, as far as Pat McBann, uh, as far as what we've seen out of him this year, um, I'm perfectly comfortable with Taylor, uh, Taylor Pay taking that spot. McMahon, he does an um, admirable job, but with what we saw last week, I, I'm very okay with Pay as well. Okay. And again, both Americans, so you're not hurting yourself in either fashion by starting either of them. Right. Pat McMahon, a little more natural out on the wing than uh, Taylor Pay is, but oh my gosh, he played great. We'll, we'll oh, yeah. talk more about how great he played uh, in, the, in the last home game here when we get to our game review. But uh, I, I expect that you're going to see something fairly similar. You're going to see Oscar play in one wing. You're going to see some combination of Alexi, Paco, and Tosh playing in the middle. The question then becomes if we have to sacrifice either a Paco or an Alexi for not being American. Uh, because of the Open Cup's requirements, you might see Sean Tosh in there, and Sean had a great game in his last out. Yeah, he did. So uh, that's going to be your back line. Uh, Paolo Del Piccolo back to manning the central uh, midfield. I was glad we were able to get him out for uh, the last 15, 20 minutes of the last home game so that uh, we didn't have to see him go a full 90, uh, prep him for this game a little bit. And uh, I'm expecting him to go 90 in this one, playing that defensive mid-roll that he's played so well for us for so long. And then it's some combination of Magnus and Napo probably in the middle. Uh, with probably you go either Niall or George out wide with, uh, on the opposite side from Brian Ownby. And uh, then the question really to me is, is it Niall or Napo playing with Magnus in the middle? Uh, if it is, then George Davis will be on the field. If it's not, then George probably comes off the bench with Luke Spencer up top. I think that's a pretty clear direction for the lineup yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it'd be a good one. And I'd, I'd, I'd run that team out there against Cincinnati and feel confident we'd win at least half our games against them. Uh, it's just a matter of can we win this one. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, uh, do you have a uh, prediction? 3-1. Three, 3-1. One. Three, one. Three, one, good guys. Wow. Cincinnati goes down 3-1 to a USL side and just stops playing soccer forever. <laughs> I just think that, you know, like I said, we all know the guys want to play Cincinnati. They don't just want to play Cincinnati. They want to beat Cincinnati. I think we see a very aggressive performance from, from, from the boys. All right. Cody, what do you think? I mean, I'm thinking 2-1, Louisville, in extra time. Extra time. That would be exciting as hell. I will say exhausting that... Exhausting for people making oh the trip up, but it would be exciting as hell. The, the Cincinnati fans on Twitter, they're agreeing with us. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, and I think some of that's a defense mechanism. When you've got a bad team about to play a winnable game, because that's the bottom line, is this should be a winnable game for them. Yeah. It's a home game against a lower division side. 
it's not, you know, the exact same teams that played each other last year. No. This is an MLS team that is playing at home and should be winnable, if not, you know, an obvious favorite. And so uh, I imagine that some of that, uh, yeah, we're going to lose. Oh, my gosh, they're going to beat us. I imagine some of that is, uh, is directed towards just sort of, well, at least if we lose, I've already said. At least if we lose, I already said we were going to. And if we win, we can be like, well, we knew it all, yeah. like that sort of deal. Uh, they are nervous, though. It is a scared fan base, and I love that. Oh yeah, I love yeah, that. Absolutely. The amount of people, the amount of commentary we're seeing online right now about, uh, you know, why did we ever leave the USL? Uh, I wonder if they'll take us back. Maybe we can play this as a relegation game and the winner stays in the MLS, that kind of... I've been seeing all of that, and it's fun. Uh, but in the end, I have a bit more of a conservative bent on this. I think that... I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, honestly. I think uh, you may be looking at, like, a 4-3 kind of game or a 3-2 kind of game, and we'll see who comes out victorious. But it'll be a fun one to watch. I'm looking forward to going up. Cody, are you making the trip? Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try real hard, but it, it's not looking in my favor at the moment. That's all anybody can ask. Andy, are you making the trip? I am legitimately trying. Okay. Legitimately what, trying. What does that consist of for you? I mean, you know how my job is. I can be done at 4.30. I can be done at 6.30. I got you. There's, there's just no telling. Okay. And I have a deal with someone all right. that if I can get it done... If I can be done by 4.30, we're going to hit the road. All right. All right, so Stephanie's on board. <laughs> She's not going to be the person to go. Okay. Who, who are you going to hit the road with? Uh, one Adam Saban. Okay, nice. Yeah. A, uh, a friend of uh, Lou City, at the very least, sure, at yeah. least to say. Uh, that would be our uh, our friend at Odeon, yeah. which is one of our favorite uh, favorite bars and a frequent podcast location for us. And if Stephanie's up to it, Stephanie's Okay. Well, I hope that uh, you find a way. I will be there, but it's, you know, my job, so that's not unusual. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, it'll be a long day, but a fun day. So hopefully we get a win and uh, move on to the round of 16 in the uh, Open Cup. All right. Cody, I've got a coin for you right here. You go ahead and toss it. It is tails. Tails, my friends. Which means we start with a game review. And uh, this one is a, is a pretty good game review. Uh, it, was, it was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But the game this past Saturday against Loudoun United FC at home. Uh, Lou City comes away with a 2-1 victory. Uh, my initial thought process is that it could have been seven to nothing after yeah. the first 20 minutes, and then we held on. It was only two to nothing, and so uh, then we held on. But two to one. Yeah. I'm saying at that point, instead of being seven nothing after the first 25 minutes, it was only two to nothing, and uh, then we uh, didn't play as well the rest of the game as we did that first, that opening no. salvo, but still had a lot of chances. We just didn't convert. Uh, we get goals in this game in the first minute from Magnus Rasmussen. I watched, so I wanted to know exactly the time. Okay. A minute and five. No. Yeah, it was. No, it was not. Yeah, it was. No. You better watch not. that replay again, bud. It was in the 58th second. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Minute and five. 58th second. Watch the goal it again. goes. Bring it up right now. All right. 58th second, Magnus Rasmussen scores the goal. 
And uh, Cody, our intrepid uh, reporter, no, no dice. No dice. But I'm not wrong. All right. Well, then we'll say somewhere between 58 <laughs> seconds and a minute and five, and it's the 58th second because we were checking in the office to see if it was the fastest ever goal in Lou City history for Lou City. And the answer to that is yes. It was the quickest we've ever scored for ourselves in the history of the club. What was it prior to that? Uh, it, I don't have the name, but I know that it was in the second minute we okay. had scored a goal. So uh, this was the first time we'd ever scored a goal inside the first minute in, or, at, or at 105. 105. Uh, but it was a very, very quick goal. And honestly, it was like our second chance. Yeah. We'd already had a chance in like the 29th second, but uh, didn't come to fruition. So we had to wait a whole half a minute for the next one. And it, it went down. Uh, so Magnus scores on a nice on a nice ball from Taylor Pay. Taylor... I think it's safe to talk about it now, was tremendous. Uh, in playing in the position that he did out there on the right wing, I thought that he played great. It was a revelation to me. I, I didn't know he could do that. Yeah. And I was – this is the important thing to me. He is custom he, – he looks like an international level right wing because at that level you're talking about guys like Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, guys of that caliber who are all that size and that speed and that, that that athleticism and so he looked like an international standard right wing I didn't know that he had I didn't know he had that and I'm not saying he is an international standard I'm saying he looked like it uh, he passes the eye test in terms of he was fast he uh, made great overlapping runs. He served in two or three really nice balls yeah. throughout the game and still retreated well on defense, got back when he had to. And uh, I thought Paco, I'm sorry, I thought Alexi and Tosh, other than one, the one Alexi uh, flare-up, yeah. I thought that they both played a really nice game defending the yeah. back line. Yeah, you felt good having Taylor there. Like, watching him, you felt confident having him. Like, Close to the same confidence as like as having an Alexi or a Paco. You know what I mean? Like watching Taylor play, you're starting to get that confidence in his that position. Well, and it's it's been a bit of a challenge for us to find the ideal partner for Oscar after Kyle Smith left us. Uh, Frano has done a, a, a completely adequate job. Like, and I want to make sure that I say that as clearly as possible. He's done very well there. It's not really what he's designed to do anymore. Uh, we noticed in the Jamaica game he was mostly playing center back and uh, for, for Jamaican internationals. And realistically, I think that he's a defensive mid or a center back now but just because the, the straight line speed isn't quite what you need in a, uh, right. in a wing back at this level. But he's done a perfectly adequate job. Uh, Sean Tosh seemed a bit like a fish out of water in that role in the two games or three games we played him there. It wasn't his ideal fit. Right. And uh, George Davis, you just feel like you're wasting some of his attacking potential if you drop yeah. him back into that position. And so I thought that if Taylor Pay can play like that for the rest of the season, yeah, he may very well take a lot of minutes at that position because it was fun to watch. Yeah. I'm getting nods. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, it's astute. I mean, what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to say. I think more people should call me astute. Um, it was, I mean, we call you a lot of stuff. Uh, Stu's not one of I'm saying. <laughs> I just did. Uh, about that. The, the real key to me is that we missed a ton of chances. And way too many. Yeah. Yeah. It still makes me feel good that 
we had so many chances to create. Absolutely. Like, at, just at a certain point, it's a numbers game, right? You like you create enough chances, you cast a wide enough net, you're gonna pull something in. Yeah. And it just makes me feel good that we. It round? was a lot easier. I will. Um, that it was a lot easier for us to make. See, I, I'm gonna have to disagree because. Oh, Cody, who brought you? <laughs> I mean, with what we were looking at, with what we were playing against, and the quality that we were showing in the first 20 minutes, all those missed chances. I mean, those against a better team. No disrespect to Loudon United. Against a better team, that means that we lose the game because we don't have those two quick goals that yeah. put us ahead, and we lose 1-0. Now. I'll, I'll say I, I tend to agree a bit with both of you. One, creating a ton of chances is awesome. And two, not converting on a ton of chances is suicide. I mean, I think both of those are fair points that don't necessarily contradict each other. I think they're both accurate. Right. The problem that I run into is that it was the same guy missing all the chances in this game. Not all, but uh, Niall had just a brutal finishing game. I believe that... Uh, going back and watching some of the highlights, I saw four, not sitters, but real clear, obvious chances that if you give those to Niall ten times, he puts away eight of them, and he didn't put away any of them. It was, it was kind of brutal to watch, that he skied two over the bar, he uh, missed a dead-on header just by mistiming it, and then puts one off the post. So, a tough night finishing for Niall. Yeah. There are also a few times it seemed like Lucky. There are two times specifically that Lucky crossed something into somebody into a position where Lucky usually would be receiving that cross. Okay. You know, super like way, way deep inside the box, like right up on, yeah. right up on the goal. You know what I mean? And that's usually where Lucky shines when somebody's crossing into him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying. Yeah. And there are always going to be excuses and always, I mean, not even excuses, reasons why things are going to go the way they do. I was disappointed that we didn't get more than two goals out of this game. You get three points, you're never angry. No, we are now at, we're now at five straight league games without a loss and uh, coming around. Coming yep. around. Three wins, two draws in our last five. That's feeling better all the time. Uh, and uh, over all competitions, we are now 9 out of 10 uh, of getting some type of result. Uh, other than the Swope loss, you know, we have gone 10 games with only one non-winner draw. Right? I think on, on Twitter somebody said, it may have been Lance, said that this time last year we had 25 points. And, this and we're we sitting 24. at 24. Yeah. Utter disappointment. Oh, we're a whole point behind where we were. Uh, the the issue when we start looking at the table to me, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in the New York section, but uh, the issue when we look at the table to me is we've got games in hand on so many teams. So right now I think we're sitting in fifth in the ta on, yeah. on the table, and that's fine. Like, you know, fifth place right now, and within a couple of points of everybody except Tampa, you're, you're feeling fine. The problem is that if the teams behind us win, they'll jump us just by virtue of having the games in hand. And so realistically, if you just, I always project out like, if everybody won all their games, where would we be? And in that instance, we're in eighth. And eighth does not feel comfortable to me. So 
we're, we're, we're working on it. So this year in the USL playoffs, you get uh, 10 teams get in, and the top six seeds all play into the second round of the playoffs, and the bottom four seeds all have to play around to get to that next level. I don't want to play a game to get to the second level. It's one, th frankly, I want a home game, and a home game means you got to be fourth seed or better. But at the bare minimum, I don't want to have to play a play-in game. Right. And so I don't like hovering around there. I want us to get up to that point where we're second, third, comfortably. Yeah. And we're not there yet. But the game coming up this weekend against New York would be a big step in the right direction. Yes. Uh, I'd be remiss not to mention uh, Big Tuck Energy. Uh, Sean Tosh comes up with the goal and the celebration of the year so far where he tucks the shirt, shows it off. Uh, and it was a doozy of a goal, too. That kind of timing. And you, he is running full sprint directly at the post. I'd knock myself out five out of five times if I try that. Yeah, I would smash my face in. Let alone be able to time that right, get the touch on it, just the light touch, too. Uh, it was ideal. Uh, couldn't have asked for a nicer nicer front post run by a defender. It was great. I'm not, I'm not saying he celebrates the tuck because we mentioned it on the show. I'm just saying he might celebrate the tuck because we mentioned it on the show. It's completely possible. I'm just saying might. All right, uh, going back and watching that goal, uh, I mean, that seems so scripted. I am really, yeah. really believing that that was another Danny Cruz special where he identified a gap and we ran the route. I don't, uh, I, I don't have inside information on this. I didn't ask, but I'll tell you, I've sat in team meetings and Danny Cruz scripts all of them. So just as a heads up. Uh, so you're right. You're was. completely right. <laughs> uh, and and but this is again the the fourth or fifth game in a row where we've gotten goals off of some type of set piece. Yep. Uh, you've got a couple of direct kick goals. You've got the deflection goal last week, and now a goal off of a corner kick, which felt like it was a long time coming. So uh, it's nice to get that goal and to see the set pieces still producing goals because we're earning so much down there in their zones that it's nice to come away with something if somebody knocks you down or if they knock it out of bounds. So really good goal, really well done. I will tell you, I talked to Mario Sanchez a little bit about the tactics and about why we maybe struggled in the second half. And I like his, that guy. I like that guy. And uh, he suggested to me that it was distinctly possible that because we were having so much success going forward so early in the game, it draws you a little out of shape and a little out of your game plan. You don't expect to have that many shots on goal and that much available to you. Right. And so you start pressing a little bit higher up the field than you normally would. And even if it even if you don't get burnt by somebody, you know, just beating you to the back line and on a counter, you're still exerting more energy running back and forward than you normally do. And he thought that they, by not being very good, might have drawn us out of our shape and out of our original game plan. And uh, that, I mean, that's that, that's the type of thing that can happen. And I trust his soccer mind over mine. Very good assumption. Yes, essentially. <laughs> and it very nearly panned out because we were holding on those last five yeah. minutes. It was exhausting. Yeah. Uh, Griffin Yao's goal for Loudon was highlight material stuff. So uh, it takes the ball off Alexi in a bonehead moment from Alexi. 
but then his actual move and then strike were wonderful. Oh, yeah. And Can't be mad about that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if that's the kind of goals that we're going to be giving up, I'm not mad about it. I mean, brilliant play is brilliant play. We just have to make sure that we're far enough ahead to where those Doesn't moments matter. of individual excellence wind up being irrelevant. Well, it was similar to what happened in the Tampa game, where we took a draw instead of a deserved win because of a moment of excellence from Tampa. And so you just sort of, you gotta you gotta grin and bear it when somebody does something outstanding like that, and you gotta take advantage of your chances when you've got them. Uh, I'll say I definitely prefer lamenting that we didn't win by more, more than lamenting that we took a draw we shouldn't have, or took a loss we shouldn't have. So, well, I mean, we've gotten to the third goal of the game, but I, I don't think we really got onto the first goal of the game and in the first minute. Um, I, I really want to go back just a little more and talk about Hayes play in. Okay. Because, I mean, right before the game started, I saw that he was on the, on the lineup and we were kind of hypothesizing he was on the wing. And I was concerned that he uh, he wasn't quite up to snuff with his distribution. Uh, distribution. Um, we just haven't seen enough out of him that showed that, that kind of excellence was there. And in less than a minute, he shut my mouth. Yeah, and it was nice. It's always nice when coach shows faith and uh, uh, belief in a player, and then that faith and belief are immediately rewarded. And so you know that it had to feel good for Hack to go in and be like, Taylor Pay, I believe in you to be our starting right wing today. Get out there and go after it. And uh, I'm sorry, right back. And uh, he goes in and immediately, within a minute, proves his faith correct. You just feel good about that. And no one expects a goal in the first minute. I mean, I put my scarf down from my old Kentucky home, picked up my glass, and next thing you know, I'm shooting beer out my nose trying to cheer. Yeah, uh, you don't score. You don't expect a goal in the first moment unless you are the U.S. Women's National Team playing Thailand, <laughs> uh, and they didn't manage to break through until like the 17th minute or something, or 12th or 13th minute, I guess it was. Uh, but they did did manage to squeak out a victory. Uh, they uh, they won their first All round. Right. Of, they won their first uh, group play match in the U.S. in the Women's World Cup, 13 to nothing. So I was. My wife texted me, Stephanie texted me in like the 60th minute. And she was like, are you watching the game? <laughs> and I was like, no, why? She's like, where are you? Like, turn it off. <laughs> so the, the bar I was at, I asked him, I was like, can you, can you put on the, the women's national game? She was like, and uh, this specific bar, well, I mean, it was Butchertown Pizza Hall, so. So yeah, they were yeah. down. They are like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. At that point, it, when I turned it on, it was like 7. It was 7 nothing. Yeah. The second half was, it was I've seen this in indoor soccer because we've been so bad for so long, that after, like, you go down 5 or 6 to nothing, you no longer care about making the extra step towards a guy. You no longer care about, uh, well, yeah, that guy ran by me, but I'm not catching him. That was the look on Thailand's face about halfway through the second half. Yeah. They pl- they gave a yeoman's effort in the first half to hold the U.S. to three. And that would have been a respectable result for them if they'd lost this game 6 nothing, something along those lines. But once the floodgates opened, oh, it was no. just... I think there were two different five-minute periods of the game in which the United States women scored three goals. Yeah. That's, that's brutal. That's I mean, just they tore them apart. Score. All right, line back up. A score! Yeah. All right, line back up. I mean, yeah. It, there was a, a pocket where there was uh, 
three goals scored in four minutes. Looking at the tape, I mean, you, you don't even have a chance to catch breath before you're picking it back out of your net. No. Yeah. It was ridiculous. You do start to feel bad for Thailand. I'll say, though, that at that level, and I heard the commentator mention this, you are actually showing a little bit of respect by still playing. Yeah. Like, listen, we're not going to just dick around at the back of the park right now. You guys are international-level opponents, and we're not going to... We're not gonna try to, you know. Yeah. Uh, but also, it, it was painful for the Thailand team, who you know was trained like crazy and worked as hard as they can to get there, and then to get destroyed like that. I'm angry that they kept showing a baby, a crying Thailand <laughs> I baby. Know. Uh, like oh that is guys. just mean. Uh, they, Come on, production not crew. Crying about this game. They give uh, It was it was brutal though. Um, happy to see the U.S. women get off to such a dominating start. Do we know who they play next? Uh, yeah, they will be playing against Chile on Sunday. Chile on Sunday. Do we expect. I expect another okay. convincing and comprehensive victory. I would say 3-0, 3-1 myself. And see, Cody thinks it'll be a closer game. I'm thinking more along the lines of 5-0-ish. Uh, so? uh, I think the last time the U.S. played Thailand, they beat them 9-0. And the last time the U.S. played Chile, they beat them 6-0. Uh, Chile is a better team. They showed it against Sweden. They played pretty well. Uh, and Sweden is the game that U.S. has got circled on their calendar for next Tuesday. About what game? I think it's Tuesday. Uh, for what game they'll uh, really have to bear down to get them. But Sunday against Chile will be a, uh, the second match. And you'd like to get another convincing win just to build your lead in the table so that a draw against Sweden would still put you through as the winner of your group. So way to go, U.S. women's team. I was here watching it with the American Outlaws at Saints today. Uh, had a blast. And on a loose city note, I will mention that uh, we'll be at each of the games, uh, each of the U.S. Women's National Team World Cup games at Saints. Uh, and uh, we're, we've got a uh, signed loose city scarf that you can enter to win if you are at Saints for any of those games. We're also handing out some coupons and some swag. So come on down and uh, Bruce and the whole Saints team do a great job as the home for U.S. soccer here in the world. Uh, all right, let's move on to a game preview. New York. New York Red, Red Bulls, Bulls 2. 2. Second. The Baby Bulls. Second. Mm -hmm. 26 points. So technically, they're only two points ahead of us. Not even technically. No Mathematically, they're two points ahead of us. You don't get to count a win until you've won it. It's technically two points ahead. Agreed. There's no technicality. Um, traditionally, they've been a very fun team for us to play. Mm -hmm. We've had some... We probably had some of our most exciting games against them, well, if without it, a doubt. Uh, I mean, the we beat them. Dollar. <laughs> yeah, if if New York, here's the thing: if New York Red Bulls two had a fan base, and I mean, because they don't. Let's be. Let's call a spade a spade. The Red Bulls fans are Red Bulls fans. They're not New York Red Bulls no. two fans. If if the Baby Bulls had a fan base, or were geographically relevant to us in terms of if they were within 200 miles in any direction, They'd they would be our number one rival. Yeah. We played them twice in the Eastern Conference Final. They got us once. Or no, we played them three times, three times. in the Eastern Conference Final. We've gotten them twice. They've gotten us once. Uh, they've been easily the second best historic team in the, in the East since we've gotten here. Rochester had a claim to that, but they haven't existed for a year and a half. Cincinnati only had one dominating year. Uh, New York Red Bulls have been good every year, and they've been there in the playoffs every year. And their games, like you say, have been fun. Yeah. The ten game, ten goal game last year during the during the height of the triumvirate. 
Uh, I think it was the second to Swan song for the Triumvirate. I think it was the last yeah, game they right played. It's, it's a fun rivalry in part because New York Red Bulls, too, until the playoffs arrive, they play their team style and don't really worry about the results. And so they generally play a free-flowing attack and yep. don't really worry about playing good defense. No, yeah. The, they it's just always have a it. very raucous game too. It's always kind of a meat grinder in the midfield. Yes, the midfield, the play is very rarely pretty, but the play on the wings and uh, in the 18s is always dynamic. Uh, I'm expecting something similar. Although New York Red Bulls 2's defense has been vastly improved this year. I think they actually have currently have the best defense in the uh, second best defense in the Eastern Conference after Tampa. And uh, they are putting together a much better defensive showing this year. Uh, they are second, yes, in the standings, but they are first by an enormous margin in expected goals plus or minus. Woo. They right now, if I'm remembering this correctly, I just was looking at the statistic which uh, Zach posted on Twitter today or yesterday uh, of, of XG for uh, the USL Eastern Conference. I am fairly certain that they are expected plus minus of 14, of plus 14 in the Jeez. league. Now, our expected plus minus is second best. We have clawed our way up to the point where ours is the second best. And I'm actually now I'm, I'm remembering that incorrect. Ours should be 14. Theirs is 22. And we're the second best. It's an enormous gulf between New York and us. And it's an enormous gulf from us to everybody else. Yeah. And so in, in terms of how many goals should you score, how many goals should have been scored against you, you're seeing it right now that New York is maybe the best team in the USL Eastern Conference. Tampa's gotten the results until this past weekend, but New York has been playing at a super high quality. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big big game. Like it's easy to focus on the New York on the Cincinnati game. It's midweek. It's a rival. It's an MLS team. It's it's U.S. Open Cup to get to the rounds that really matter. It's fun, but. This New York game is massive in terms of where we're going to go in the USL this year because these are the kinds of games that if you win, puts you right in the driver's seat. If you lose, hurts you long term. And if you draw, everybody just sort of walks away going, all right, that's about what I thought. I mean, really, when you look at the notion of uh, where we would be in the playoff table at the end of the year, this is only one of two times that we're going to play them. You may as well call this a six-point game. Yeah. I mean, if we can pull three points off of them, there's a really good chance that we're going to wind up leapfrogging them and securing a home playoff game. Because if we don't, I mean, that's us possibly watching that home game slip away. And this is, it's a moment in the season where we've got New York this week, and then we have got Charlotte, who's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Uh, but after that Charlotte game, then we play Ottawa, Nashville, and Indy, and all three of those teams are right in the middle of the playoff contention in the Eastern Conference also. So you've got four out of five league games that are going to sort of tell the tale of where we're going to be. I think five weeks from now, it'll be fair to say we know what we are. Yeah. Okay? Ready for next one? And that is, that's an exciting feeling. 
and it's also nice that we're sort of rounding into some semblance of form that we recognize right now. Because you come out of this five-game stretch and you have managed to, to, to pull in, you know, 10 to 14, 13, 12 points in that five games, and you're feeling pretty good. If you come away from this five-game stretch only having three to eight points, you're feeling pretty bad. And so it's important to get a result. I don't even need a win in this game. It's a road game against a really good team. But I do want at least a draw. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that you can expect it to be a little tighter than usual. I'm not expecting a massive goal performance. No. We will be missing Ownby for that game as he serves the second of his two-game suspension for the red card uh, in the uh, – uh, shoot, who was it? Which game was it? It was the Bethlehem game? Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> – Threw a bow. Threw, Can't threw do that. that. Threw that elbow. Can't do that. And uh, so we're, we're going to need – we're going to need some of the extra guys to step up. Um, I'm imagining that we'll still have Elijah Winder on the sidelines, which to me is, is, is awesome. I love it. Uh, whether he gets into a game or not, traveling with adults, seeing professionals do their jobs, and uh, to provide an example of it's got to be unimaginably exciting, invaluable. I mean, yeah. if you're a 16 year old kid and you're even on the bench, eligible to be subbed in for a professional team, that's amazing, right? And uh, Paolo Del Piccolo interviewed uh, this past week for the Courier Journal had a lot of really complimentary things to say about the way Winder is coming along and what he might be able to do uh, in a loose city jersey, and that's that's exciting stuff. Yeah. So uh, I think without Pat, without Ownby out there, everybody else should be good to go. Abdu is out indefinitely. As soon as we have information, we'll share it, but he's out indefinitely. Just, uh, it's his... Yeah, but and then the Jamaicans should still be on uh, Gold Cup duty. But other than that, I mean, we'll still be on Gold Cup duty. But other than that, we should have a full choice lineup. So just own be the Jamaicans and Abdu unavailable. Everybody else, if you're healthy and ready to go, you're ready to go. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. And as I say, a barometer game. I hope that the guys don't blow their whole wad on this uh, uh, Open Cup game. I want them to go out and win. Yeah. But frankly, our chances of winning the Open Cup our minimal. This is why this is why I always get so frustrated with the open cup. This is why I have a little bit of resentment with the open cup. It's like it takes away from games like New York. I would rather call me crazy. I would rather win the New York game. Like I would rather focus on winning the New York game. I get that. But by that same token, I want to beat Cincinnati yeah, real bad. No, yeah, any other team that we are playing right now, I would say I would rather win the New York game than this than the Open Cup game. But yeah. it's Cincinnati, like literally so any other a, team. I mean, uh, if if we were playing Columbus, yeah, I, it's like fine. Trot out the B team and we'll take the L. But Cincy, no, go no. in, I hang wanna, hang I three on them, and I want to beat. Well, and that's the key, though, is what is the B team? I mean, realistically, if you run Sonny, Jeff D, and Elijah out there, I mean, does that make it the B team? Everybody else is starters still. In fact, I mean, it's yeah. hard to say we're running out a real B team, uh, no matter what we do. So I say play your players, players play. Which is a good problem to have, right? It, like. it is. All of our guys are real guys. And that's one thing where I think at the end of the year, especially if Abdu can come back healthy, but at the end of this season, 
we may look back on that first six weeks and be really glad we got this many minutes for this many players. Yeah. Uh, guys like Napo, who you wouldn't won't expect to play when you've got Paolo and Speedy both healthy in the midfield. Uh, but he's gotten a lot of minutes, and that means that if Paolo gets a you know a, a, a hamstring tear in the playoffs, God forbid, well then you know Napo comes in and you don't feel like oh my God, what are we doing? Uh, that's that's big. Uh, that Lucky has gotten this many minutes takes away some of the minutes that George has had to put on some uh, veteran legs. Uh, Richie Ballard finally getting worked back in. I think all of this is good for us in the long term. It's just a matter of. How do we make it happen? How have you felt about Jeff Dean? Cody? I think that he is acquitting himself admirably for a rookie. And I only give that caveat lightly. Um, every time I've seen him hit the field, you can see that he's making a few green mistakes. I mean, yeah. you saw him in the Open Cup. But those green mistakes, that's the stuff that you just knock off a little bit of that shine get him in there where he's getting some actual minutes and in no time I think he could easily be uh, competing for starting minutes. Evan? Uh, I think that there it's hard to project for 20, uh, 2020 what our roster will look like. We got a lot of guys on you know deals that will be expiring and guys that uh, you know just that will retire or will move on to another level. We're, I think that finally this coming year is the year where we'll see some real turnover. Uh, I don't know where Jeff D slots in there. If Paolo Del Piccolo is on this team, it's hard to ever imagine Jeff D getting to play real minutes as a number six. Right. It's just hard to imagine for three, four years until Paolo really starts to decline. And uh, so it's, it's hard to imagine. Uh, but if Paolo Del Piccolo moves on to another club, to another team, to another anything, hey, you know, having a guy who's been training under Paolo for a couple of, for a year, two years, uh, who's getting real minutes, battling against a proven professional like that in practice, you can see, you can see, you can see the tools. I think you're exactly right. That uh, you can see that player in him if he gets a chance to develop and to shine. Andy, I like. Him. <laughs> That's the kind of sparkling analysis that we have like you on the him. show no, for. We got him from U of L. He's a he's a native son. Like yeah. yeah, I like him. I want to see good things for him. And, okay. and I agree. I think you see, there every all the 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 parts are there. Put them together. All right. I, I like think it. that's perfect. I think it's Cody, it's a perfect way to do. It. All right, New York Red Bulls two. What you got? Oh, I'm pretty sure that. Evan Loro is still the keeper over there. He's still with the team, yeah. Oh, Laura, Laura. who hates Scouse's house with a passion. Which kind of makes him one of our favorites. Yep. Only in that we know how much we frustrate. We only like them if they love us or hate us. Yep. That's very true. 3-2. 3-2. Good guys. Good guys. Cody? 3-3. Takes a draw. Can we take the draw? That's a perfectly reasonable analysis. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it won't be as high scoring as we think. I've got 2-1 going one way or the other. All right. uh, who you Does got that count for I, you as a prediction? I'm you not predicting who's going to win the game. I'm predicting how many goals will be scored. All right, three goals. You know, two you for one team, your, one for you the other. You didn't do your. Yeah. I'm Evan. I work for. Lucas I haven't. City. I, 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 I'm, I'm giving up on that. I'm not going to bother saying it anymore. At this point, if you, you know, listen to podcasts, like yeah. at this point, you know that you can go back and find that out. So yeah. 
Evan's just giving an over under or three goals. It's really all he's saying. But I don't think it'll be three nil. So. All right. So uh, who you got? You give me one goal score. For New York. Wow. Uh, lucky. Lucky. I love it. I love watching Lucky play, and every time I watch, every the more I see him play, the more I love it. I love that. I love how deep he plays. I love how aggressive he plays. He is an attacker. Man, I love it. And he's like a classic attacker. Yeah, I he love that. goes right after it. Cody? I mean, he took what I was going to say. I, I've Ooh. made absolutely no secret of my love for Lucky since he's gotten signed with the team. I mean, he's dynamic. He's aggressive. He, yeah. He's got the spark. Uh, but since I don't want to trot on his parade, I'm going to go with the Trinity pick and say Magnus. Magnus, it's hard. I mean, until he stops scoring, it's hard to bet against God, him. God, he looked he looked amazing against Leon. He uh, looks so good. He he settled right nicely in in the gap in their defense. Yeah. And so I thought he played more of the Ilya Illich role. Other than the goal in the first minute, I thought he played more of the Ilya Illich sort of back-to-the-goal distribution to the sides. Yeah. Uh, and he played it really well. I was pleased to see the way he played that game. He did some, he did some people dirty a few times, though, which I love watching. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun to watch. Agreed. I've got, uh, I've got uh, a lot of faith in Niall McCabe coming back from a game where he didn't finish well and having a game where he does finish well. That's what I've got uh, a lot of faith in. Yeah. Uh, any special Scouse's House purple stuff? Charge your glasses, gentlemen. Purple stuff. Scouse is having anything going on? You know what? You know what that reminds me? Forgot to ask him. Sorry, Scouse. All right. Uh, it just means that the next show I'll have tons of Scouse. Tons of it. I like it. I will give you a piece of Scouse's house news, which is that they are planning an away trip for the St. Uh, for the which game was it? The Nashville game. Nashville. Uh, planning the away trip already for the Nashville game, so uh, you can go online and see the post about that if you are interested in traveling with the Scouse's House supporters group to an away game. Uh, they're planning that, and uh, I imagine it'll be a great time. You can bet your bottom dollar I'll be there. So, uh, looking forward to that. So that's a piece of Scouse's House. Uh, Nashville's also a fun city. It is, and frankly, it's a, one of those cities where if you get a chance to make it an overnight trip, I know you don't you have should. to. But go ahead and stay overnight and have a good time because it's it's There's worthwhile. There's so much to do in Nashville. It's so fun. Um, uh, league-wide news, minimal. Uh, team news, minimal. Uh, honestly, if you're following along with the website, you'll see that there hasn't been a lot to report. Uh, still some stadium news trickling out as we go, but, I mean, there's not been – you know, no new signings, no new, uh, no team of the weeks this week. No, not much going on in terms of team news. I will say I got to take another tour of the stadium last night. I got to go up to the press box. Yeah. Got the view from the press box. Yeah. It was sick. Lance the whole thing. Lance Twitter. is gonna have a great sick. view next year, man. Here's my question: When are they gonna let us write our initials in fresh concrete? <laughs> There's not much concrete left to be laid, my can man. Can we can we do that? Can we pour Brad? I, I'll find Brad out. To... I will say this, uh, and uh, I gotta tread lightly here because I am a team employee. Uh, there you but, go. Uh, disclaimer: um, the uh, the the last piece of steel, which is a big deal in the construction world. Like they, it's a they, uh, it's a thing. It's yeah. a thing that they like celebrate. The guys go out and get beers afterwards. I mean, it's a day. The last piece of concrete goes up this week, and there is the that is insane. And there is the possibility that uh, some 
supporters or uh, involved personnel will get to be there for that in some capacity. Uh, That's insane to me. And so, the last piece last is going piece in. That's steel. insane. And uh, once we get to July, like basically after Independence Day, you're gonna get to see the grass going in. Uh-huh. And uh, they're gonna have the they're gonna have the roof going up not long from now. The real roof, roof, not just like the insulation looking roof that's you, up there now. So what you're saying is they're gonna raise the roof? They are gonna raise the roof like it's 1997. Exactly. It's, it's gonna be year. amazing. Uh, no, I'm the stadium stuff. It's always news and it's always phenomenal. So, well, there's one bit that I, I've been trying to get Brad on board with. I swear I'm about to start petition.org for this. Right there at the technical area, at the midfield line where the subs come in, I think we need to have two square yards of turf monster. We need to keep that curse alive. <laughs> uh, one thing I'm actually pushing in, in a similar fashion is there are stairs that the players will come down to get onto the field. It's not like most uh, European stadiums where you come upstairs to get to the state to the yeah, field. You go down. You go down some stairs from the concourse level, uh, which is a cool touch. Uh, but those stairs are currently concrete. These guys are going to be in spikes. If it is wet, spikes on con- wet concrete is miserable. I'd kind of like to see them lay the turf across each of the stairs. That would be amazing. So that the last thing you're walking out of before you get out there is the turf. That would be amazing. As long as the curse stays alive, that's all I care yeah. about. And I think that would be fun because that would actually provide better grip than concrete, but we still have some turf monster out there. So. <laughs> uh, I will continue to push for that to be a thing. Uh, guys, I got to go and play soccer. So uh, let's uh, let's get out of here. Uh, Cody, thanks so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I know Cody had to move some stuff around to get here, and we do appreciate that. Andy, I don't really care what you got to move around. Both of you guys, I'm strongly, strongly encouraging you get to the game tomorrow night. We don't know when the next time we're playing since he is, and I know Andy's still not gotten to go to Nippert for a game yet. So I'm strongly encouraging you to, if you can make it happen, make it happen. But whether you go or not, there's only one way to end a podcast, and that is by saying, Go Go City! City!